welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. I'm Jo Salter, founder of Where Does It Come From? Creating Kind Clothes That Tell Tales. This podcast explores ways that we can all make the world a better place through what we buy and our life choices. I'll be chatting with some amazing people who've dedicated themselves to making a difference through business, social enterprise, campaigning and much more. This time, I'm talking with Georgina Wilson-Powell. Georgina is the founder of Pebble, the UK's leading sustainable living digital magazine and the Ripples community for planet-friendly people. She has a background in journalism and is also an author with her second book on sustainable travel due out this year. Hello and welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. I'm absolutely delighted this time to welcome Georgina Wilson-Powell. Welcome, Georgina. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, Right, first of all, rather than me talking about you, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and especially what drove you towards focusing on sustainability and setting up Pebble magazine? Um, Yeah, sure. So I... I'm the founder of Pebble Magazine. It's been going for about four and a half years now. Um, I haven't always worked in sustainability. Um, I come from a media background. So I've been editing magazines that mostly have to do with sort of travel and food for the last sort of 10 or 15 years. And before I worked for Pebble and launched Pebble, I was working for a long time in the Middle East and flying all over the world, being incredibly lucky, having a, a, a glamorous job reviewing hotels um and for a few years it was absolutely wonderful and I loved every moment of it but I had this creeping sensation of climate anxiety what we now call flight shame carbon guilt whatever you want to call the the expressions and I kept looking at all of the plastic that I was consuming um obviously being in the Middle East your water is from single-use plastic bottles the the amount I kind of went through living in airports and living on convenience food and it just started to overwhelm me that this was my footprint and I didn't want it to be my footprint. And then thinking about, you know, timesing that by billions and billions of people um, and started to get very sort of concerned about uh, our, our consumption levels, really. Um, and when I came back to the UK, I was pitching in loads of different uh, or trying to pitch in loads of different stories to newspapers and magazines around things like ethical fashion, around slow travel, around you know, refills and all those kind of things. And this was sort of 2015, 2016. And it really wasn't on people's agendas. And I was told it wouldn't sell newspapers. And, you know, you could perhaps contribute to a green issue that we're going to put out in 18 months time. And, you know, alarm bells were just ringing in my head of like, we've got to do stuff now. (laughs) Um, And getting quite concerned about it all. So I decided to take the bull by the horns and launch um, my own magazine, which I'd done before, but not not for a long time, um, and make it all digital so that the content was free and accessible to everybody, no matter where they are. um, And really try and bring together all of the wonderful innovation and inventions and incredible goings on and incredible people that are all working on sustainable solutions in a variety of industries. Um, So that's what Pebble does. It brings together positive stories um, from every industry, from food and drink to travel to fashion, skincare, all sorts of different things. Um, We recommend products, we test things, we try and help people find simple 
sustainable swaps and solutions as much as possible. Um, and we really try and um, sort of anchor ourselves in sort of practical um, and accessible advice for people. So um, it's not all pie in the sky stuff and it's not all, um, you know, don't spend any money ever. We're, we're somewhere nicely in the middle. Um, and since then, we've grown and grown and grown. So last year, we actually reached over a million readers, um, which is yeah. the first time we've done that, which felt really good to end yeah. the year on. Um, we're now a team of 11, um, which is up from two this time last year. So <laughs> last year was pretty mental. Um, and we now also have a big digital community, which we host on Mighty Networks um, called Ripples, which is for sustainable change makers. Um, and we have lots of virtual events in there and book clubs and monthly topics going on and lots of conversations. Um, so that's become a really friendly, positive place. Um, and we have about 1400 members in there. And then we used to do, um, Joe, which I'm sure you've come to, um, our Pebble Fest events. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get again, to, I didn't get to the Pebble, Pebble Fest events, um, the real ones in London. I didn't get to, but we've done some events together in the past. Yes, know, we yeah. have, haven't we? Hopefully we'll be bringing back those in-person events um, in October, I think. Um, <laughs> keeping up with uh, Hopefully, hopefully in October this year, we're going to bring back a big two-person, a two-person, two-day um, yes. event. Yes, very, very unique. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully. So, yeah, keep everything crossed for that. Um, yes, no, that's yeah. brilliant. I that's think everything I think we do. It's very interesting in what you were saying, actually, about um, you've kind of lived the life of um that now you're slightly looking back on thinking gosh you shouldn't have done but I mean honestly how could you have known any better at the time but I think I, I see a lot when I talk to people especially people that are not sort of really young in their 20s no offense here that you <laughs> you kind of gained the experience in your life and then that's given that's informed your decision making and a lot of people then talk about how they they want to put something in place to help other people get to that decision making a bit easier you know so as you were saying pebble covers a whole gamut of areas it's not one area it's everything you could think of and I bet you if someone came up with something you weren't covering you'd cover it but I think yeah (laughs) exactly so I think it's really interesting how many people do that they go well I made these mistakes when I look back with hindsight but now it's about making your journey um, easier which I think is, is a fabulous thing I really do yeah definitely and I think as well it's 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 not about judging people it's not about sort of saying oh I did this and you shouldn't um you know and I know there's a lot of sort of big sort of uh people get very upset you know people tell them to do one thing and then do another and you know several celebrities are definitely guilty of that kind of thing um but I think for us it's more about you know this information didn't exist very easily a few years ago and now we can make that journey of discovery a lot easier um, and also people are time poor, you know, people want convenience, they want all the answers as quickly as possible. Um, so I think that's part of the role that we play. So we do a lot of research, we do a lot of reviewing. Um, and we're in the lucky position where most sort of sustainable startups will come across us and send us information and let us know what's happening. So we're very much at the cutting edge of a lot of industries and, and we can see those trends coming through. So if we can kind of combine all of that information and make it package it up and make it super accessible um, and super helpful, then that's hopefully using my skills for good. Um, exactly, because exactly. I right. can't do other things. Yeah, I mean, I always say it's like a roadmap, isn't it? Everyone's on a different place Absolutely. and you don't know where they are. They, they could be somebody who's still flying around the Middle East. And But if they find Pebble magazine and then that helps them at the point they are in in their journey, then it can move, you know, them 
forward in their journey where someone else might pick it up at a different place in their journey and it, it speaks to them so it's all about not I agree with you entirely not judging not pointing the finger it's all too easy to have this what aboutism you know you say I'm doing something good yeah but what about that time you took a plane back in 1784 or something and like that we've, we've all lived you know we've all lived our lives we've all yeah. done things we've been out in the world and I think you know, for one reason or another, perhaps we weren't aware of all the consequences of our actions or we didn't have the opportunity to do something different or we didn't have the budget mm. and, and money to actually have those choices. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, where you can and where you do, then let's see how we can make that easier. Um, and I think, yeah, everyone's on their own journey and also everyone's got a different role to play. You know, we can't all be Greta Thunberg. We can't all um but do the same solution we've got to sort of find our own path i think yeah i think that's absolutely right absolutely right no it's, it's all really really interesting um what you're what you've been doing with pebble you know and i wish you huge success with it um i want to go slightly wider now because here we are in january <laughs> the beginning of 2022 2021 has been a fascinating year you know we're both climate activists or whatever you want to call us in our own way activists anyway and um it's been a very interesting year, 2021. I mean, the IPCC report in July talking about being a code red for humanity. Um, and then, of course, COP26, which has taken so much energy and thought. You know, there's been highs, there's been lows, it's been like a soap opera, really. But I think all of that has led to a rising awareness in society and within business of the need to now focus on the environment and to make changes in the way that you know the way that they do business the way that people live as individuals so this is like a really big question but what do you think need to be the big focus areas now to move us forward in, in 2022 um so I th- I've got a few things um I wrote down and I was, I was thinking about this question earlier and I think part one of the things I just want to start with before sort of dive into a couple of the other topics is actually I think last year was such a roller coaster year for anyone involved in sustainability or anyone involved in activism and pl- coming on the back of 2020, which was just hard for everybody. I think there's an awful lot of, sort of self-care that almost needs to be done in the beginning of this year as well, making sure that we've got energy levels back and that we're feeling balanced and we're feeling like we can take on extra, um, you know, extra work and extra responsibility. Because I think without watching ourselves, you know, we don't want to burn out. And I think a lot of people have burned out after after the, you know, quite um, alarming IPC report, IPCC, and then the COP juggernaut, let's call it. Um, I don't know about you, but I was just, yeah, drained after yeah, all was. of that and, and kind of feeling a bit lost because you, you build up to COP and you build up to all these like, you know, the governments are going to come together and we're going to move forward as humanity. And that didn't really happen (laughs) um so I think there's a lot of disappointment I think there's a lot of people feeling deflated um and also but at the same time you've got this this other wave of people at the start of that journey who have started to come on board and want to make changes um so yeah it is a really interesting time um the thing that people keep coming back to across that I keep speaking to at the moment and that we're very much focused on at the moment is systems change um and I think as those conversations around individual impact and what we're all swapping to, whether it's a bamboo toothbrush or you're looking at an electric car or whatever it is, it's going to reach a point where you can't make any more changes um, or you might not be able to make any of those changes because of budgetary reasons or other reasons. And actually, individually, we need more. Um, We need those industries to change. We need the governments to change. We need the systems that are 
we are set up to to run on um, to change. And that's the really, really difficult bit, because um, as as well, you know, you know, you're talking about ancient infrastructure, you're talking about national international budgets <laughs> well it's economic systems as well you know, our whole economic system is based on producing a lot selling it cheap you know not caring where it came from you know it does my head in that's it and I think that that and mindset as well this like infinite growth infinite profit yeah. um you know I think there are so many people now t- calling for different ways of doing things whether that's a different economic model whether that's a different way of running your business of, of working even mm-hmm. um that I think those changes will start to happen, but we need to sort of speed that up as much as we can. Yeah. And that's difficult for individuals. Um, yes, and, and we don't want to scare people because, I mean, I think those of us who perhaps have been a bit more aware of some of the issues and maybe we're the kinds of people that are find it easier to take those things on board. For a lot of people, change is very difficult and threatening and fear-making. And it's about trying to bring them along because I mean, we've talked about this before, but I mean, 2020 and COVID, it showed it could be done. People could make change really, really quickly, but there was a huge price in mental health. Yeah. You kind of got to be able to do, to make the changes that are necessary without frightening people, you know. And actually show people what could exist um, beyond what we're doing already. And that it's it's not a case of, sort of sacrificing things and that you're going to move into this like I don't know, post-apocalyptic state or something like that. It's not as dramatic as that. How can we make things better for ourselves? Exactly. That's what I always say to people. Better health, you know, you're walking a bit more, you're eating better food, you're eating local produce, you know. It's just about trying to show people that by being more green their lives actually get better um i've referred to this before but months ago i interviewed a chap on the podcast um and he was talking about he's talking about green energy but he actually said during the podcast which i love why do people think this is as good as it gets why should this be as good as it gets you know we can get better than this this isn't the area of life we want to hang on to we want to be improving it definitely and we've lost all of that somewhere along the line we've lost that imagination to go, okay, well, this is how we've always done it, but why don't we change it to make it better for or more equal for more people? Or, um, you know, I think there's so much more that we we could all be doing. Mm. That's um, interesting. But... It's, I had this thought over um, Christmas and New Year because I went to that. After COVID, I was like you, a bit drained. And then I was sort of trying to think about things and, and get on with the day job and things. And I remember thinking over Christmas, what can I really do to bring about some of these system change, economic, these big things as an individual? What can I do? And I actually took the decision to, to join the Green Party, which might not seem very much. But I thought I'm kind of nailing my colours to the mast now and mm. saying I'm going to be part of this. And I, I want to get involved, more and more involved where like, time allows, because I think it needs to be bigger, doesn't it, than the bamboo toothbrush, like you say. And I think those those products and the services that we all, you know, want to inv- look at and, and swap to and stuff, we're always going to, it's not that we don't need them. We desperately need those as well from, from the consumer side. But I think actually understanding our place uh, in the world without being a consumer. So how can we involve ourselves in local politics, in national politics? How can we support those people that are really waving the flag and being so far more activists than we, perhaps we want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a lovely... Um, session a little while ago in the community with Ella Daesh, the, the um, period plastic campaigner. Mm. And she made the really good point that not everybody has to be the placard waving activist and not everyone has to start their own thing. You can support what's there already. Um, you know, like, like joining the Green Party, obviously they're incredibly established, but you could support a local campaign that already exists if you don't want to start your own. And I think trying to see where our skills slot in 
um, and help is, is is really really key. Um, the one thing that I, I said to myself I'm going to tackle um, at the moment and try and try and push on on that is actually looking at where um, like my money is. So your bankings, your investments, your pensions. Um, as a freelance journalist, I've not had much of a pension, but you know <laughs> um, what money I do have. Um, I'm looking at sort of different ways of um, investing that via various um, sort of ethical finance apps that are coming through the niche of the market. Um, looking at changing my bank account. Um, because I read a sort of statistic a while ago saying that actually where you invest your money um, can actually have sort of 21 times more impact than sort of reducing your meat and dairy and flying less and um, swapping to renewables. And I just thought, actually, if your money is sitting there in your bank account, it's, it's a kind of admin swap, but then it's done. Mm. Um, and actually, that's for me, that's that's a, a sort of focus. Yeah, and that's an incredibly, I wouldn't say easy, because obviously there's a bit of a change there, but it's an incredibly straightforward step for people to take to literally put their money where their mouth is, isn't it? Because you're you're not supporting, you stop supporting these businesses that are doing things that we don't think are right, but it's far enough pushed away from us that we don't have to think about it. You just think, I'm investing in this bank and they'll sort all that out. But now we need to say, well, hang on, what are they actually spending my money on when, you know, when I'm not using it? And a lot of those FTSE funds that, you know, regular ICES are linked to or high street banks are involved in, um, you know, they have no, uh, they have no filter mm. of what they invest in. Yeah. Um, I was going to start talking about morals, but I'm not going to, um, you know, they, they will be investing in fracking. They'll be investing yeah. in fossil fuels still. Um, or a lot of high street banks are still investing in fossil fuels. So I think if those kind of things don't fit with your values, then yeah putting the work in to find uh, an alternative is actually really powerful. And it, it also sends a message to the people still doing it um, that actually it's, it's not that popular anymore. Exactly. And I, but I think they know because I think there's a huge amount of greenwashing going on in the, that industry. I mean, we won't t- try not to digress too much into financial services, but I, I took this decision when I had my first child because, um, you know, we, we thought, oh God, we're going to have a child. We've got to be grown ups about this kind of thing. And we looked for a financial advisor and we were, I was really bullshit at the time because I've obviously changed hugely but I was like I'm not investing in this I'm not putting any money in that I'm not doing that I'm not doing that and my husband's like yeah humor her she's pregnant um but we got this great guy who let us basically build our own financial um investments and then when there have been crashes and things ours has stayed really flat all the way through you know and it's been it's been great because we're both self-employed so having that um that that there and and for me not to to feel happy that any money that we have is being used sensibly but also we weren't subject to some of the ups and downs at the market at all definitely and there's there's um there's there's sort of research out there that that will show that investing in like renewables in climate um was it climate tech um you know they actually are giving people better returns um than a lot of the sort of standard markets and there's it's getting ever easier there's lots of apps you can download on your phone so you can you can you um, invest small amounts it's not all about you know masses of money um so yeah i think there's there's lots of diff very different ways coming through to use that um investment piece um i came across another one today that's like an activist account so you basically buy shares in the big companies but then you use it to use your vote to force them to change from within that's good yeah I think there's a really it's a really interesting space and it's it's not the space it was a few years ago. So um, I think if that does you know, interest you, then, then there's so much that that um, has changed in the last couple of years. 
it's so much more accessible isn't it so just yeah. so much more accessible so yeah I think going back to the question which was what need to be the big focused areas is going to have to be and it sounds really big and scary but system change but us having our small part to play in that system change by being members of things by being a citizen by hassling our MPs by looking where we put our money um, all of those kind of things are, are so important uh, and I think actually going right back to the beginning talking about pebble and activism generally I think it's about there's lots and lots of individuals doing amazing things but now we it's time to start pulling all that together isn't it yeah. you've got the information whether that's looking holistically at everything you do, whether that's talking to friends and family, whether that is joining something and being a, a collective or a community. And that, that's part of the reason we launched the Ripples community as well, is to bring people together. And what we want to do this year is set people uh, two or three campaigns over the year that they can all get involved in. So we can start to shift the dial on one big issue, mm. um, all of us together. So all of us working in different ways and but around the same issue and seeing what we can achieve. Mm. Um, because I think... There is a lot of frustration for individuals who perhaps have done the easy stuff. You know, they've they've swapped their cups and the bottles and their bags and, you know, and they want to do more and they want to see that impact. And I think that's where it starts to get a bit more complicated. Mm. And we I, need to yeah. give people those structures that they can that, that they want to spend the time and help with. You know, there's a lot of goodwill out there. We saw that with COVID. People are desperate to help other people. But without a structure to do it, it all gets a bit fragmented. I think that's a really good point about wanting to see the results. I think, especially now with our you know, current political situation, that people feel that they're unempowered or disempowered, rather, and actually not feeling that when they do something, it actually makes a difference. I think, yeah, campaigns and things like that and showing people that they can make a difference. Because I do think that's part of the mental health challenges people have. They think, well, what's the point? I, what I do makes no difference. Yeah. It really does. And I, I kind of think that's actually why we're not all out protesting on the street mm-hmm. at the moment with our current political situation, because we've seen it not really cut through when people have protested. Um, you know, XR's a brilliant uh, motivate, motivating force, mm-hmm. but the changes they've asked for haven't appeared. Um, yeah. They've started conversations amazingly, but I, I think people are, are, are feeling very disenfranchised. And, and yes, I think, I think so different ways to bring them back in but like you say I think getting people talking about it is a really good first step for the people right early on in the journey but having something when you're a bit further along in the journey having things like pebble and like hopefully this podcast having things where people can go for information can can work out what to do next and and feel empowered because having that feeling of um that you you're not it doesn't make a difference just it doesn't doesn't help you and doesn't help anyone else either to be really blunt <laughs> no and there's there's a lot of quotes and and thinking that you know we tie uh you can tie hope very clearly to action um and in my book I call it active hope and I know Greta Thunberg talks about it a lot you know without action you, you can kind of lose hope and hope is found in action and if you don't know what action to take then it can all start to feel very hopeless and that's yeah. the visit of what we need and community will give you hope as well so if you act yeah. together with other people that will give you um community uh, which is really helpful. and anyone interested in more about um xr i had a i think it's two podcasts ago i interviewed rachel smithlight from xr who's also a so it's extinction rebellion who is also a green party councillor and that's a, po- a podcast 
well worth listening to because she was talking about the experience of being at COP26 and being an activist and so sort of basically being arrested for sitting on roads and things like that which is not obviously for everybody but it's very interesting to hear it from the inside of what Definitely. it's actually like you know in a fair play to her. brave um, yeah yeah I'm definitely gonna listen to that that's good I'm, I hope you like it um okay so the next question I think we started in on already which is great which is we know that the biggest impacts that have to happen will be in government economy and big business so what changes do you think are already happening in these areas and what do we need to do to move all of that forward like I said we already started tackling some of this but I think it's quite important yeah, it is. It's really important. And I think this is a really thorny issue as well, because there was so much promise around COP that didn't materialise or it did materialise in a sort of high, very high level way. And actually, we're still waiting for a lot of the detail. And I would hope that this year is the year that we get all of that detail and we can start analysing it as businesses and industries and, you know, um, uh, pressure groups and everything else. Because without the detail of how we're going to get the UK to, to net zero by 2050, None of us can make a start in in holding people to account, in in tracking and, you know, seeing how we can push on things. Um, so I think there's, you know, w- there were massive figures being banded around um, in October, like £90 billion worth of investment, nearly half a million jobs in this green economy. We desperately need those details to come through so we can start looking at what are the areas that are going to be invested in, what are the skills that are needed, what jobs are going to be available who's going to do all of those things because obviously the jobs market is is completely sort of unequal at the moment as well um so I would hope that this year is a real like qualifying year of of all of those you know big bits of information that we need so we can start on that journey to, to 2050 and to net zero because at the moment it feels like we're not we haven't started it no Uh, we've talked about it uh and then everyone's just like put it back in a drawer (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, all, it's like they, they, you say they read all these huge numbers have been talked about, but then um, there's no, been, not been any sense of how it's going to happen. But also we know from pre-COP26 that numbers were promised and it didn't happen. You know, so yeah. so where is the faith? Where is the evidence that, that it's actually going to happen? Where's the plan to show that it's actually That's going it. to happen? I was just checking in in um, before I, I came on the podcast and I just wanted to make sure I had a, the right updates. And like, we're still waiting for a strategy on agriculture and land use. We're still waiting for a strategy on how we're actually going to bring down our emissions. We're still waiting for a strategy on how we're going to move away from gas and coal. Yep. Um, the national food strategy hasn't been actioned or ratified. You know, all of these things where a lot of the hard work's been done, Um you know, people have put their suggestions in, a lot of um, lobbyists and pressure groups have sort of worked on, on policies, um, but there doesn't seem to be much movement. There's no will, is there? There's no real political will to do it. Like it's you say, there's some amazing I people. There's, I think there's will from everybody else. Yeah, but, no, <laughs> um, but, but interestingly, I, I, I maybe I'm idealistic, I don't know, but I actually felt that Alok Sharma did have that will. You know, it seemed to me that he was taken over by this and really believed in it. Um, you know at the time anyway maybe maybe it's changed but he seems to not that he's disappeared exactly but he he could have if that he had the remit I suppose he could actually be pushing for some of this to happen but I feel like it's been slowed down definitely and I think when um when I've sort of been looking at this and one of the suggestions that comes up from a lot of people is there's no interconnected like government body or agency or department for net zero Mm -hmm. there's no one 
bringing all of this together in a in a holistic way to kind of go okay well we're going to reduce these greenhouse gas emissions we're going to sort this out and that's going to go into a bigger picture there's no one bringing this all together so it's every department for itself at the moment and I think that's not going to help things it's also not going to help communicate it out to everybody as a citizen at a citizen level because we all need to go on this journey together we've all got to we're all going to have to change our behaviors to some degree as well as sort of industry change and, and governmental change so I think the whole it needs to be a sort of really you know in an ideal world it would be a vision-led program for the next 20 yeah. years that everybody feels a part of and everyone feels pride and you know coming together and you know it's it's a radical transformation of the country um I think we're quite a long way from that unfortunately because, because it's still seen as a negative thing I mean I was thinking um my oldest is 16 now and we were talking about you know do we have to get some crummy little petrol car so that he can do a manual driving test in a year you know start doing that kind of thing this is ridiculous he's not going to be using a car I know I'm shouting into the wilderness but I'm saying he's not going to have a car he probably won't have one because he'll be taking public transport or have an electric car if he's really lucky maybe you know but 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 there's nothing they're still being pushed down this road of manual car manual driving tests I know it's a silly example but it's like it's like, still building a coal-powered fire well yes that's a big example is, you know exactly um, exactly so it just feels like that, that there's that, like you say there needs to be the flag waving at the top going yes this is a great thing for our country let's all work on it together you know cool Britannia mark two whatever and let's make this you know green Britannia whatever you want to call it but then it's got to filter down through the different departments and, and actually make sense to people because at the moment it just it, it's not joined yeah. up at all no and I think as well like there's a huge bit in between us as individuals and the top level and all of those people in the middle need to be taken on it and it all needs to be roadmapped and timelined and be made accountable as well so what happens if we don't hit it in 2050 mm. what is you know do the lights go off <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't look up scenario <laughs> yeah exactly very much so um, yeah no, it's interesting though because I think local councils I was I just noticed um on LinkedIn the local councils seem to be embracing this don't they I mean I yeah. noticed that well maybe it's just Suffolk but I noticed in Suffolk they've set up a department for climate change partnership and and all of these things going on I've got a chat with them next week but you know, to me that was really exciting that the councils are getting behind yeah. all of this hopefully. I think actually and this was going to be my like you know not to be all doom and gloom mm. I think the bit in the middle, the local councils, um, even sort of county councils, and then industry leaders themselves, so different industries, I think they are leading the way. And people like city mayors as well. Um, the bits in between us as individuals and the very top level are seem to be the most forward thinking. They're the ones that are pivoting. They're the ones that are pushing and actually leading the way um, and providing that sort of you know eco morality in a way um we definitely don't have it i don't think at the top um but i think you know it, alongside that so consumers wanting to shop their values and and support brands that are doing good brands are becoming much more purpose-led and philanthropic and really pushing for innovation um and trying to change their industries at the same time you know i think a few years even even a few years ago brands perhaps might you know really really purpose-led brands perhaps were outliers and working on their own in their industry and I think now there's much more collaboration in those industries to try, try and change that whole sector um for example like you know the uh we work quite a lot with Toast uh, Ale and they put together a whole collaboration campaign with like 26 different breweries to all work together to try and agree changes to to the to brewing industry to the beer industry and you were talking like Guinness and 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 the massive ones and right 
tiny little craft breweries and it's the first time that's ever happened yeah so that's I think the kind of thing isn't it that's, that's the kind what of thing. we need to be working for and working Definitely. with yeah, and I think, like, as you say, I mean, we're part of the NatWest Accelerator, the third cohort, and I know you've been on it yourself before, haven't mm. you? Um, and so big businesses like that, which, you know, there's accusations of greenwashing. They're trying to um, attract customers by saying the right things. But at the same time, they are then helping a lot of small businesses do things that are better for the planet and more of a social enterprise, you know. So there, there is work going on. I think you're right. It is, there is quite a lot to be cheerful about. It's just keeping that going and making sure that it it goes bottom up rather than what it should be doing is coming top down definitely and I think that that also we are on a bit of a countdown and I think while you know if you're not an activist or you're you're living with someone who is is fairly green or eco and they get a bit frazzled and start going oh my god we've only got so many years left yeah we genuinely do have a countdown of of when it is possible to make change and I think you know we we need to harness that momentum and that 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 pace we need to pick up the pace yeah and I think but it does frighten people I mean I'm I'm one of the people you describe every now and again I go oh my god oh my god no, we've got to do this we've got to do that you know then my husband's like okay well what can we do Let's step through what can we do what's in our power you know he's very good at that and it's uh it's trying to do those things but but not giving that fright to to people you know about about what's going to happen but at the same time the urgency is there I mean digressing slightly because we mentioned um don't look up if anyone hasn't seen it please watch it it's really yeah. good but but the uh, the whole um the, I thought that was a really clever way of doing it by making it an entertaining film that you can't help but laugh major stars in it Meryl Streep you know um Leonardo DiCaprio people like that it's fantastic but at the same time that clear message of you know if something terrible is coming you either don't you ignore it and don't look up and see it or you try and do something about it but you then have to you have to fight if you know that you're right you have to and I say fight I don't mean beat people up I mean push and keep talking don't give up I suppose that's it and I think um yeah I mean the movie I found absolutely terrifying (laughs) to be honest it was far scarier than like Armageddon or you know one of these big like blockbuster movies because it felt far more real it you know you could imagine people going into some heads of state and telling them about a terrible thing that is coming our way and and that being the response yeah. um yeah yeah I, it it felt you know one step not not that far removed from reality um but yeah it was very clever and I think as well so many people have seen it and so many people are talking about it which again is like you said earlier is half the battle of um of, of just joining all these dots but you know between all the different problems that we have coming down the line with, with climate change that are here now and all the different solutions and I think again people get overwhelmed by what to do next or what to do first or what's what's worse or you know it, it helps bring it all together I think yeah I think as well though there was a bit of a a, a bit of a wake-up call for me in it as well in that some of the people who are the activists and who are really serious, you've got to point your finger and laugh at them as well, in a way, because what they were saying was really, really true, but they were so intense, you know, and I know people like that. And I'm sure p- people would say that I'm like that. Of course, I'm not. But, you know, that when when they were on the on the media show and going, hey, everyone, we're all going to die. We're going to die. You know, I bet people like that, especially in organizations like XR and that's no disrespect because they are really in it and they know it and they understand it and they're frightened you know but we need to find we need to get media people like yourself actually on side who are going to take it seriously but at the same time not terrify the poop out of people you know well that's it and that's I mean from the very word go that was our approach at Pebble is like okay 
we're not going to talk about the doom and gloom and we're not going to do the, oh my God, we're going to do the, hey, look at this, this is happening, this is really exciting, check out this new invention, oh my God, there's a new way of doing this that's going to reduce your impact or there's a, these people are really pushing for for change um, and try and take people along that sort of very positive journey and also make what is the more sustainable option make it desirable and make it you know so no matter what you know uh issue it's trying to solve it's something you'd want anyway mm-hmm. um so i think that's we're never going to get people to stop shopping or stop consuming but can we get them to do it in a way that is less destructive is less it's just less um yeah, and to harness that power in, into a different into a, a more helpful funnel basically yeah make it make make it a positive thing so yeah. I mean you hear lots of things of how many times can I reuse this wrapping paper there's lots of things um with Christmas this year wasn't there about still everyone having a fantastic Christmas but maybe not sending so many cards or doing things in a different way you know yeah and I think I think that, that again the will I think to try an experiment is, is there in a way that it hasn't been before mm-hmm um but we've got to yeah keep it going yeah no absolutely absolutely now I, th- I think keeping hopeful keeping positive is a really really good thing um and that actually again very nicely like we planned it brings me on to the next question which is I think more and more people are getting the message about needing to make changes but there's a lack of clarity as to what individuals can do to make a difference now we've talked about getting involved in things and we've even talked about bamboo toothbrushes but what are your top tips if you're an individual listening to this podcast and you're thinking what can I actually do to make a difference okay so um my sort of three areas um would actually have all to do with the home so they're super easy and everyone can do them um, one is to sort of commit to buying nothing um, in, in the fashion stakes uh, for as long as possible. So either stick with what you've got um, or swap, sell or buy secondhand um, so that you're just keeping what's in 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 motion going um, rather than buying new. Um, it's it's such a the whole fast fashion world is so damaging for so many different reasons, you know, from the overconsumption to the toxic dyes to the slave labor to just un absolutely incredible amounts of damage um so just stepping out of that um is is a huge huge thing that you can do and there's so many other options to to sort of make sure that you know you're not just never buying clothes ever again but i think sort of seeing how long you can go and set yourself a target or a challenge is is a really good thing i think Um, i i I was on a panel with um safia mini last year and from who's the founder of people tree and she gave a figure out that there's enough clothes in the world already to last us 11 years we don't we don't actually need to make clothes for 11 years there's the fast fashion industry contributes 140 billion new items of clothing a year that's on top of the 140 billion it produced last year and the year before and the year yep. before so there's i think eight billion people in the world seven point yeah, something, yeah, something like so it, it's nuts it's absolutely yeah. nuts um so yeah stepping out of that as much as you can i think it would be my number one um my number two is is reducing meat and dairy and that doesn't mean going full vegan if that's not something you feel comfortable with or don't want to commit to something but i think just looking at every meal that you have across the week and seeing how you can make it meat free or dairy free um, and just breaking it up like that rather than making a massive commitment um, feels a lot more approachable, feels a lot more accessible to people. Um, There was this really lovely um, way of putting it at a conference a couple of years ago, which have said, um, you know, you have 21 votes for the planet that you want a week and that's your sort of three meals a day. So how many of those votes 
are you going to sort of move away from from meat and dairy um, or you know the industrial meat and dairy complex that we all uh, know is, is at the root of a lot of problems um, so that's my number two mm-hmm. and then my number three would actually be um, tackling your bathroom because there is so much stuff going on in there that we can we can easily swap out and you really won't notice a difference in fact you'll love yeah. uh, love things even more um, things like you know, people don't realise that things like, you know, disposable razors can never be recycled because of the mix of plastic and metal. Um, obviously, any period products and sanitary products are just a nightmare. Um, all that single-use plastic that litters up people's showers, bath tray, baths and shower trays and stuff can all go really quickly. Um, and it just sort of terrifies me every time you walk into, like, Boots or you walk down a, the beauty aisle in a supermarket and it's just wall-to-wall single-use plastic yep. still even though there are so many other options out there um and it's you know we, we talk about people swapping over simple stuff but there's so much more uh, we can do and there's so more people that could do it and I think it's it's just about making it normal exactly um, that was what I was, I think I, more I, of us that do it so if you go to someone's house and you can see they've got refill everything or they've got hard bar shampoo bars or they've got you know reusable razors and all that kind of stuff it just starts to normalize it really does all of that and I think it's it's such a huge huge has such a huge impact on the world and actually the impact on us is negligible it's, it's better it's, it's even better so it's not even negligible yeah I mean I don't yeah. know you know I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I've got the best hair in the world or anything but I use um solid shampoo and um conditioner bar from the, the kind two is a company oh, they're lovely. Yeah, they're so, so lovely. But, but I found and I said this on another podcast I mean I got quite long hair but I only have to wash my hair about once a week now, which I know people think is quite skanky, but actually I don't I don't have to wash it any more often than that because it's, it's awesome. sudden change. Yeah. So it's it's great really and that and it feels feels great and everything. But I what one thing you said about bathroom, I did feel I completely felt like I got my bathroom back because we we now don't have anything, you know, in there that's in a bottle really. And it's just it's like, oh well, with space. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's easy to pack to go away now that we can go away again. Yeah, exactly. But the normalization is a really interesting one because I, I obviously keep buying people as gifts, solid shampoo, you know, lots of soap. And I got loads of soap this year. I've got so much soap now, everyone bought me soap. I must be really smelly. But it's it's quite a an interesting one um, to make it that a normal thing because soap had almost gone out of fashion hadn't it maybe five or six years ago it was always let's send you some body lotion and, and give you this lovely bubble bath or shower gel or whatever and it's it's bringing that back to being normality that, that it's actually a, a better option for you as well definitely and it also means that you're probably supporting a smaller business it's probably a British business you know it's keeping money in the local economy it's supporting people that are, are probably trying to run their businesses in a better way there's reduced packaging there are so many yeah. other benefits as well and you're getting a better experience and you're getting better quality ingredients and all that kind of stuff yeah. reducing your chemicals um, and that will be the difference in your hair it probably the bar I know Sue's kind two bars I don't think have um, palm oil or SLS no, no. in them so which is what traditionally makes the shampoo lather but actually it's really bad for your hair um so yeah there's there's so many other benefits and I think that's the bit for me in the messaging for sustainability that doesn't come across and something I'm very passionate about putting back in with pebble is it's not yeah like you said it's not a sacrifice it's not you're not losing out you're gaining 
Um, exactly. No, yeah. it's a it's a positive. It's only a positive. And going back to your other two things, I jumped on bath. I've gone backwards. I've gone to the bathroom <laughs> one. I think the meat dairy one's also very interesting, isn't it? Because um, I've noticed a lot of the supermarkets now have started advertising like 50-50 products. So rather than it being all meat mints, they'll have half yeah. meat mints and half vegetables. And that's a really nice compromise solution for people. Or even if you are um, a home cook, you know, if you really can't give up your meat mints, mix it with something else. You can't give up all chicken. Then maybe have something else in there as well, a bit more vegetable or something. And again, yeah. that's giving you that health advantage. You will feel better. You will lose weight. You'll have more energy, you know. Yeah, so we've um, one of our news resolutions was to sort of give up. Uh, we'd already given up like red meat and fish after sea spiracy, but kind of just try not to eat meat anymore um, at all. So, yeah, we're doing half half veganuary, half veggie, <laughs> veggie version. But, it, you know, I, I think trying to like pigeonhole people in boxes or force them to do it for like a whole month and then not do it for the rest of the year or say that you've got to sort of say what your meal choices are. I think it can all feel very pressured and it can yeah. all feel very like, you know, oh, if I put a foot wrong, you know, someone's going to shout at me or I'm not good enough or what all these other sort of anxiety things. And I think after the last couple of years we've had, uh, which has gone crazy with anxiety, we, we just need to be kinder to ourselves and to each other. So I think just looking at it week by week, meal to meal, you know, can I make this veggie? Can I make it vegan? Brilliant. You know, if yeah, you absolutely. if you have a roast chicken once in a while you know it's not it's not the end of the world it's all about that reducing for the long term you know we talk about it being a marathon not a sprint yeah, um, yeah. and I think that's that's a it's, it feels like a better way to look at it and I think there are a lot of extreme people um, um on say twitter and other social media platforms who will point the finger and say you've got to be vegan it's really important to be vegan and and everything like that and and yes it's it's important and it's also important that we have those extreme people because they balance society but for most people they're in the middle somewhere and as we've said right from the beginning taking that journey so they're taking their, their journey towards more healthy eating um, and healthy living and better for the planet living and it's, it's it's there's no fingers to be pointed here you know you do what's what's right with for you I think that's it and I think there's this there's this idea that whatever we swap to um, has no consequences and this is something I talk a lot about in in um, my book is that everything has an eco impact everything has a carbon impact um, and sometimes things have unintended consequences you know we a lot of us ate vegan and then realized actually do you know what flying in avocados halfway around the world yeah. and contributing to that problem probably not a good thing you no. know so I, I think it, it's got to the answer is always a lot more gray isn't it? it it's it's got to be a judgment call and it's got to be something that suits your lifestyle yes because most of us can't afford the time and don't want to grow everything and have our keep our own livestock and grow our own vegetables and I, mean, I would love it but it's not really uh applicable in a third floor flat no exactly <laughs> and very you know. time time poor I mean organizations like Abel and Cole and people like that that they 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 yes I accept that they are slightly more expensive for your average person but they 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 don't use any air freight and, and those yeah. kind of things and as much local as they can but you can get local vegetable boxes from farmers you know and, and the milkman in fact I believe they, they do as well so there's lots of things you can do as an individual to improve your diet and funny enough I, I switched on tv last night when I was doing that kind of end of day uh, front of the tv and there was a program as you are what you eat which used to be on years ago but they had this um, young lady making an amazing effort 
to she'd bring her weight down because she put a lot of weight down over lockdown a lot of weight on anyway basically the short story was they taught her to cook vegetables and it was just, and, and have a healthier diet and she was like wow I've never learned how to do this before I've never learned how to to cook you know a piece of chicken with some vegetables and I thought that's what a lot of people need that's that helping hand yeah. to, to to balance their meals and cook them for themselves and not just eat out of packets definitely and um, I have to say like we um I bought my partner the Anna Jones cookbook for Christmas right. and one pot planet one pot planet plate or something um and it's super super simple veggie cooking oh my god we've eaten out of it every day since we, we got it it's one. amazing we, we got one that certainly meals for one that I can't remember what it is anyway one of those well they're really good they've got things like halloumi tikka masala and things like that which mm-hmm. is just gorgeous and really easy yeah, anyway yeah. we won't go we're going to recipes yeah. the third one you said was fashion which obviously I can talk about till the cows come home but I promise I won't do but yeah I totally agree there's more than enough clothes on the planet at the moment I would say for those of people who aren't doing that don't buy anything new choose really carefully where you're buying from you know make sure that things are a, a bit more they've got can talk can tell you the good stuff about what they are are actually doing are contributing to projects you know and the other thing around that is the um green claims code which obviously we've talked about on a previous podcast but the whole idea that sometimes companies are telling you things that may not have any basis and you just need to be a little bit careful if you're spending your money find out where that money's going and what it's contributing to whether it's fashion or anything else and I think as well, there's there's some we were talking about this on a talk last night, but there's there's quite a few terms coming up in 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 fashion that people think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. You know, the, I'm sure you've got opinions on things like vegan leather, which is pleather <laughs> and made from from you know a petrol byproduct. There's yep. you know, the old whole idea of using some recycled fibers and some non-recycled and um, muddling up sort of plastic with with organic fibers which you can't split it out again yeah. Um, yeah. I, personally I mean I, I've got a hard line view that I don't think plastic has any place in clothing at all but I think that's a, a challenge when you're doing something like underwear because you people want a little bit of stretch we're back to bloomers if we don't have that so obviously there's got to be a, a bit of a compromise but in general most of our clothing we don't need to have plastic in it and if you're gonna there's again more than enough plastic in the world already so we are we do have to recycle some but maybe clothing's not the right place because of microfibers and all of that maybe there's better uses for recycled plastic than clothing but personally I think we've got wool we've got hemp we've got cotton you know and so many other different um, fabrics that are have a much lower carbon footprint so I'd rather go with those personally definitely and I'm really excited to see what the the, the sort of the cutting edge of all of those um comes into because hemp's being used more isn't it and um things like the sort of nettle fibers and things exploring and um again there's so much room for creativity and an amazing invention there is I mean last summer we did the um festival for natural fibers in London and there was there was speakers on a panel I, I, I was chairing a panel on um UK grown British fibers and I think it was about eight different people on the panel it was one of those largest panels I'd ever sort of tried to walk it along speaking to people. there was nettle and there was lots of different wool and leather and all sorts of things there talking about leather from that local village you know all being the animals being in that village, the leather being cured in that village, all of that. So it was it was really interesting, almost going back in history, but with a modern 
twist yeah. on that so it was it was really really interesting but yeah there's so much there's so much interesting work that's happening and I had a call the other day with um, an organization in India that is um, also doing regenerative cotton farming which I'm really passionate about but what I hadn't quite grasped was that they'd been audited and actually had the, co- the cotton starts with a carbon credit so oh, you're wow. actually starting the whole supply chain with a carbon credit. So if you're then using hand weaving and hand spinning, which is carbon neutral, then you, you could actually end up, you, you probably are not going to, by the time you shipped it to the UK, have a, uh, a carbon negative product there. But you've, it's really low carbon compared with what m- mass production would be. That's it. And I think it's going back, isn't it, to those heritage ways, those older traditions, and actually respecting the clothing and respecting the the processes and the fibres and the and the care that's gone into it rather than just like buying something for a fiver and wearing it once. Exactly. exactly. Not you know, not respecting anything about about that. And I think that's the bit for me that is is a mindset change. And I know there's a financial um cost to a lot of that. So I, you know, I'm like many people don't have an awful lot of money for clothes. So I tend to buy like one really good ethical piece yeah. and then you know pad everything out with second hand exactly investment um, it's investing in that what really one good item if you can obviously a lot of people can't but what you said in the beginning about not having not buying anything at all new that's the answer to that one isn't it? you're being ethical but you can also buy some great things second hand you could learn to knit knit things and you know swaps with your friends all those things it's a great way of living and benefits to all of us you get new clothes and and you know it's good it's just it's just a mindset change like you say so much of this is a mindset change yeah. it's it's yeah. really important um anyway I'm coming to the end now because I realize we've been chatting away for an hour but um how can people find you Georgina find out more about Pebble join your Ripples community and basically get on board and I also know um that you've written a book so tell us about that as well and where they can read it and buy it um, so I have the book here. So that's sort of what a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. I had some other books with me as well because I was like, I didn't know if you wanted other recommendations. Oh, please do. Um, yeah. Um, so the book's called Is It Really Green? Um, it came out last January. Um, it's available in all uh, online and offline bookshops and on Audible. Um, if you get it on Audible, it's me reading it. Woo-hoo. So you can me. Um, and that's done really well. And I'm I'm really happy that's helped lots of people. It's all about solving eco dilemmas at home. So exactly what we've been talking about but giving you very sort of top line do this don't do this this is the best way think about this so things to think about things to swap to um so if you're time poor and just want a quick answer it's it's a book to go back to um in terms of finding me otherwise um so pebble mag is uh pebble magazine is pebblemag.com um all of our content is free um and all you need to do is sign up to our weekly newsletter which goes out on a wednesday which has all of our new content um and product suggestions and tips and advice um that and uh the ripples community is um on mighty networks and you can find us at pebble.mn.co and again that's all free to sign up to and you're welcome to come along to any of our virtual events or our book club or anything we're doing there um there's lots of topics and conversations happening in there um so yeah if you want to take that step on and uh, do more than just have a little read then that is the place um, to go and on social media we're at pebble magazine on on everything i think <laughs> that's great thank you georgia and we'll put those links um on the podcast um blurb so people can click through and, and find out more about you but um that's that's been absolutely fascinating and lovely to chat to you again you um, and yeah i'm sure there's lots of things afterwards i'll think oh i wish i'd asked her this i wish i'd asked her that but maybe we'll get you back at some point and what's your personal plans you having another book coming out 
Um, I've actually got a travel book coming out in March. Oh, I remember that, um, yeah. So it's all uh, train travel around Europe. Um, so suggestions and trips and um, routes and things that you can take. Um, so it was actually due out about 18 months ago, but obviously it's been put back and put back. Um, so hopefully it comes out in March. And uh, yeah, we've got some really big plans with Pebble this year. So um, sort of quietly working on those for the next couple of months and then hopefully oh, we'll all at Easter. That sounds great. Now, the book, your second book, I remember, because uh, as you know, train travel is something I'm absolutely passionate about. And we took a train across to Russia. Um, oh, wow. That was 2019, I think. We loved doing that, but obviously haven't been able to. But my younger son, who's um, just turned 14, he has been planning with maps that this summer's holiday, and I hope it goes ahead, is that we literally go all around Europe. And he's he wants us to do 18 um countries in 28 days and he's worked oh out all the train times and everything so if it goes ahead it'll be fantastic but oh we'll, I hope we'll it see. does yeah I can't I can't wait to um just go abroad I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get down to like a permaculture uh farm at the south of France oh, in May um and trying and doing it by train and stuff so um, whereabouts is that in south of France oh, Good question. It's a very organizing <laughs> it. No, 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 I'm just going, yes, just, that sounds great. Let's I've go. done South of France by train a few times and it's it's great. It's great. Oh, I can't um, wait. But no, I, I I love taking the train for these things and it's just it's it's for me, it's just a holiday, the time you're on the train because you can read yeah. books, you can chat, you can play games, you know. And we had we had a ball going to Russia, it was two days and two nights on the train across Belarus. So I'm not sure I do that now, but <laughs> maybe not that. Not uh, at the moment. Yeah, not at the yeah, moment. But, but, but yeah. Well, great. Well, fantastic. Good luck with that book. And um, thank you very much for spending the time. And it's been really great to talk to you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been really lovely. And like you said, I could chat for hours, but um, yeah, leave it there. Another time <laughs> with a glass of wine. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Georgina. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.